Hey guys, welcome to episode five of Next on the Platform. This week I'm on with Arthur French. Um, I'll let him introduce himself. I, I pronounced that correctly, yeah? Yes. Yeah. So I'm Arthur French. Uh, I'm a 105 kg powerlifter in the USAPL. Yeah. That's it. Uh, I had a look. Yeah. I had a look on your Instagram. You've been competing for like a few years now, right? Like maybe 2018. Yep. So my first competition was in uh, 2018 here in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Yeah, and um, I had a look. You you were 105 then, so you must have been lifting for a little while. If your first comp was as a 105 kilo lifter. Yeah. So uh, 2018 is when I first got into like powerlifting. Uh, but two years prior to that, I was doing like bodybuilding, I guess. Like I was putting on a lot of weight, uh, putting on a lot of muscle. So, I mean, I was, I was getting pretty high into my weight. Yeah. How'd you get into that? Into bodybuilding? Uh, so it was mainly like my dad. Uh, so he really got me into lifting and it was just kind of like, I, I remember like walking around the hallways, just like always so skinny and. I, I just I didn't like that no more, so I was just like I I want to change and and just do something good for myself. Mm. That's I, that's like how everyone sort of everyone I've had on so far has given that exact response. Like I was skinny and kids made fun of me or whatever, and then it's like I wanted to get into into getting big and strong. Yeah. So you were bodybuilding for a bit, and then you sort of just transitioned into powerlifting just because you were getting stronger, or uh, it was just. I didn't really want the muscle no more. And I just, I actually wanted to just like be just strong. Like, mm. so it's like, it's something that you can't really explain to someone. If you, if you want to be strong, like, cause I talk to some people and they're like, Oh, I don't care. I, I think you have to like sort of have that drive and that um, passion for it to understand it. Otherwise you're not going to really understand why you'd want to be stronger. Yeah. 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 My, cause my friends always question like, Oh, why do you care? And like, it's like, I can't really explain it. You just have that, love for getting stronger yep and that's the only way always breaking your records yeah exactly right um so you've just competed um tell me how that went because you did i don't i don't remember what comp it was yeah so i competed in november of 2020 uh and it was in here sioux falls south dakota and i totaled 785 kg which is like uh 17 1720 in pounds i think um and i just barely missed my last deadlift the 744 which would give me 800 kg total but i mean i know it's there next time and mm. 744 is probably gonna be like my opener so yeah um so. because i've you, i think you posted your best lifts of 2020 and your best deadlift was in the gym so you'd obviously hit a higher number in the gym and then you couldn't quite get it there in comp is that what happened yeah yeah. Yep. So yeah, I hit 750 in the gym, and then in competition, I hit I I I was so close to pulling 744. But mm. I saw a meme this morning of you and Jet or whatever being a deadlift specialist. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously your deadlift gets you the most like traction and stuff on Instagram. You um, how did you how did you build up a huge deadlift? I'm sure that's what everyone wants to know. Well, I got extremely long arms, so I'm just mm. like, by the time I lock out, I'm already locking on my knees. Knees, yeah. So, uh, it's just, yeah, I was just like kind of just born to deadlift, I guess. I mm. just, mm. just naturally come to me. It's just my squat has been an off and on thing. My bench is just, it's slowly going up, but it's been an off and on thing. But deadlift has never let me down. Mm. So, yeah, because I, I had a look at you, like I was just looking through your feet and like, your deadlift range of motion compared to your bench range of motion is crazy. Like you probably go further in the bench than you do in the deadlift, which is, yeah. um, which is unheard of, <laughs> Got like some monstrous arms. Um, it, like obviously with long arms, it makes the bench press hard. Is, is there something that you're doing to like combat that? Like um, upping the frequency or are you just sort of doing the exact same thing? Uh, I guess I've widened my, my grip on the bar. Mm. Uh, so it's a shorter range of motion, but, there's not really much I can do. Uh, it's just, just my long, my arms just, you just got to deal with it and see what works and what doesn't. But so. you, your gym that you go to, um, you bench on like a commercial gym. Hey, that makes it harder. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, if I could, I would like to use like one of those, like the fat pads or like mm -hmm. the ones that you should use for competition. But 
I mean, I just got to work with what I have, and mm. I don't really like it. But because mm. I know I used to train at a commercial gym, they're thinner and they're like lower to the ground as well. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so having long legs and long arms on a commercial bench, I'm sure you you would um when you went to competition was did you find the bench was easier like that transition? Oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm. Um, because you obviously don't have access to like a powerlifting gym where you live, yeah. Nope. So, so like, did you, when you were training on those pound plates, the whole of prep, when you went into competition, did you find that particularly hard? Cause I know a lot of guys get surprised by how the calibrated plates feel in the deadlift and the, um, squat. So it actually felt, <coughs> excuse me. It actually felt a lot easier in competition. Like pound plates just make the bar whip a lot more. Mm. So, I mean, when I went to like the KG plates or the calibrated plates, um, my I the most I ever hit in the the gym was 600 pounds. In competition, I hit 635, uh, and then bench the most I ever hit was 380, and I hit 386, and then uh, and then deadlift. I mean, it it was if I would have pulled that 744, that's only six pounds between each other, so. Mm. So, yeah. I find it easier on calibrated plates. Because that was what I was going to ask you. Like, if I feel like if I was to go into comp without using um, calibrated plates, it'd affect me negatively just because they're so different in, I guess, depending on your style of like deadlifting or whatever. Um, yeah. And especially because I'm in the federation that uses the deadlift bar. So it's like a huge difference okay. to me. But you're, you're obviously yeah. you're, on, you're on the stiff bar. Um, yeah. You, so it, uh, it, it varies it varies with people mm. i mean sometimes it benefits you sometimes it's gonna mm. come yeah. out and bite you in the ass so yeah but you obviously had like enough momentum and stuff from the peak where the the plates didn't really make a difference no uh, yeah i guess at the higher if you're like um a bit older and going for maybe bit like bigger jumps maybe it would have been harder for you yeah yeah. yeah. So you're you're back to your first competition because we didn't really touch on that. Um, did you just like jump straight into that without a coach, or did you have a coach and you sort of that was just your first trial? No, or? I was I was actually two weeks prior to that competition. I remember I was using knee wraps instead of knee sleeves. So when I made that transition, uh, it just it cut everything out. I was already I was already benching and I was already deadlifting and stuff like that, but. Yeah, before that, I didn't have a coach. I had no clue what my do uh, what I was doing, and my dad was just like, "Like, yeah, there's a competition here in Sioux Falls, and would you like to do it?" And I was like, "Sure." Mm. So, so you just went, and how did that? How did that go without a coach? And if you did, your dad handle you on the day? Like, no, my my dad really he just loved watching me. He wasn't like really my coach or anything, yeah. but he's like, he, yeah, he just signed me up for stuff. It was almost like having like a manager almost because mm. he like signed me up for competitions, got me there kind of did all this stuff for me and then all i had to do was compete so is i've never competed without being handled is that a lot harder with like timing your warm-ups and stuff i'd imagine it would be oh yeah yeah, yeah. if you're by yourself it's very hard because then like what's like a when you're having you're when you're being handled with somebody you usually don't have to put the weights on the bar uh they tell you when to start warming up when to eat mm. stuff like that so it just mm. makes it so much easier it takes a lot of stress off you yeah, I find like, especially for my first comp, I was super nervous. So having someone there to tell me what to do, it takes a, like a heap of stress away. And that was your first comp. Were you super nervous for that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm. I, I had no clue what I was doing. Mm. I didn't really work on like the commands for like bench or anything. And I was just, mm. I was nervous. Did you hit good numbers then? I, I only scrolled down your profile and just saw it. I didn't even have a look at the numbers. Uh, I hit... Uh, I hit a 496 squat, uh, bench. I think I hit 275 and then deadlift. I hit 600. That was my yeah. first ever 600 pole. That's still a huge total. Like some guys are still like, I, I can bench closer to like 400, but the other two, like, yeah, I'm still going for those numbers now. And, and I'm on my, this would be like my third comp. <laughs> so you oh, sort yeah. of, you sort of jumped right into it and you're already ahead of everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I assume what eight? What? How old were you then? Like seventeen. Seventeen. Yep. Far out, man. So that's a huge total at seventeen, and then you sort of you. What made you stick with it? Like you enjoyed that first comp heaps, and then you decided, yeah, I want to do this. Or 
Yeah, so I actually won that competition, uh, and I was just uh, – I think it was still going my Wilkes. Uh, I was just a few off from uh, getting Best Lifter Award, uh, and then that qualified me for 2018 Raw Nationals in Spokane, Washington. Mm. So that was just – it just it's almost like a like a snowball effect like it, it's like you win a competition and you can qualify for a higher competition and after that you could qualify for a higher one so it's just like i suppose the so. decision is also a little bit easier when you win your first competition i'm sure most yeah. lifters do not let win for years but, i had yeah. no clue i was gonna win yeah well that's <laughs> you obviously came from a good background like i'm sure i'm sure you your um your dad taught you heaps of good stuff like yeah. If you already had a 600 pound deadlift, despite the long arms. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're, you just had a competition in November. Um, you came third. Was that right? Was that... Uh, November I came, uh, November I was, I, I took first. Oh, first. Okay. Yeah. And so what's yeah. your, what's your next competition? What's the, what's the agenda for 2021 for you? Oh, geez. Nationals. So I... that's, that's been a question on my mind. Um, uh, I had a competition planned in February, but I have um I have some like personal stuff like I'm moving out soon, and so it's just like gotta start focusing on that instead of spending money on traveling and stuff. So um, then that I I kicked that one off, and then the nationals this year became so weird with COVID. Mm. Uh, so junior raw nationals is in April, I believe. So I was still looking to that. Um, if I don't do that, then I might just do like a, a small meet mm. later down the road. And then just, if I, if I don't, if I don't compete at all this year, then 2022 is just, I'm going to compete so much and just use this time to get extremely strong. And mm. in the long run, it's probably kind of benefit me in the long run. It's probably better for you anyway. Just the volume, like I know as fun as competing is and the, the practice with competing, like a whole year to sort of because to my understanding you're you're obviously a junior um how old are you 18 20 20 okay so at 20 in the 105s i have a okay understanding of your competition but um who are the biggest competitors for your division oh geez i think there's a I, there's a guy named ashton ruska and i'm in your division i believe he's still a junior that okay because i i am familiar with him i th- I just assumed that he was a lot older that's crazy yeah maybe maybe yeah. You, maybe you should have a couple years volume block to catch up with <laughs> the ashton yeah i'm i'm actually kind of close to his deadlift mm. but i mean other than that he already blows me out of the water with squat and bench so he, it's just like... he squatted 800 pounds like yesterday didn't he and he's asking eight eight ten yeah eight ten squat 465 bench eight 810 deadlift i think or something like that i don't know it was something ridiculous i think i'm trying to do the kilos the bench was like 205 207 kilos that dude's a monster yeah it's something like that that's that's he's he's built different i don't that man is just yeah i was not aware that he was in your um i i just thought it was like sean and grant and like maybe some other guys that i didn't know of but it's like ashton as well yeah uh yeah so i'm pretty sure ashton so it's one more year i think and then there's like Sean Mills and Grant Iverson, Sawyer Clatt. Mm. And then there's like the bigger guys up there. I have to go look at their names like to get them exactly right. But mm. then there's like guys above us that are still juniors and it's just. I was going to, I actually messaged Sawyer and he said he was going to come on to an episode, but I wasn't sure if he was ever going to compete. Cause like he has a powerlifting coach, but I thought maybe his focus was more like, um, getting like sponsorships and that because like i always sort of compared him to like lex and that rather than comparing yeah. him to you but he would be in yeah. your, he would be in your division yeah yeah and he's um i'm trying to think of his numbers compared to yours maybe he same his bench. deadlift is five pounds heavier than mine mm. uh i beat him in bench still by like 20 pounds mm. and then i still squat more than him i'm not sure more uh i don't think he's had a 600 squat yet um, he just hit 365 in bench mm. and then his deadlift is 770. Yeah. And Sean coaches him. Hey, yep. Sean Noriega. Yeah. That's, um, that's a scary combination with Sawyer's genetics and Sean's coaching. Um, yeah. I, 
I had a look on your gram. I don't know who your coach is. Uh, his name is Paul uh, Herrero. I, oh, God, I sure hope I'm not saying that wrong. But, yeah, his name is Paul Herrero. He won uh, 2019 Raw Nationals in my weight and age. And he's put hundreds of pounds on my total in the last couple of months. So, yeah. I mean, or not a couple of months. I mean, it's been less than a year. So, yeah. So, you've, is that he was your first coach and he sort of brought you to where you are now? So, he's actually my second. My first one was a school friend. He, thank God to him, he coached me for free. And then I started to get the real understanding of getting programmed and it, it just helped me get on the track. And then, you know, you get to a certain point with the coach where it's just like they don't know enough or like you just got to keep moving up like with coaches that know more and how mm -hmm. they can program you better and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Well, if it was only a school friend and like, yeah, then obviously there's older guys. Like you see like Joey and Sean and that, they sort of coach most people in the game. That's yeah, those are those are professionals at it. So I mean like... Yeah. When I have a look at like my Instagram feed and I'm scrolling through, it's like coach, Joey Flex, coach, Sean. And it just keeps going <laughs> and going. They seem to be coaching like everyone. I just guess, yeah. I just guess if you're at the top, you're getting coached by them. But there was, there was that thing with like, that Joey spoke about on, I don't know if you listened to um, the two white lights episode with Joey, he spoke about um, coaching Sean and Russ at the same time and how like mm. that can be, uh, it can get a little weird with like on meet day when they're both there together and Joey's coaching both of them. Yeah. And, and Sean said like, I made that decision to just leave because it makes it easier for everyone. He doesn't want to put him in that position. Yeah, because I, I remember that in 2018 Raw Nationals, they had to compete against each other, and that's mm. Joey coached both of them at the same time, and that was just – I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, probably get a little bit weird. Um, So you're getting coached now by – what did you say his name was? Paul Herrera. Oh, Paul. Um, and yeah. what's your – like, what's your split like? I know I see, like, your deadlift regularly. I feel like it's in my feed regularly. So what is your weekly split? So usually, uh, not usually, I do squats uh, Mondays, bench Tuesday, uh, Wednesday deadlift, Thursday I just do like accessory work, mm. so just keep it easy. Uh, Fridays I have an off day, and then Saturdays I do an SBD day, and then Sundays I take it off. Mm. So it's just it's just kind of like a pretty chill split, I guess. And your SPD day on Saturday, is that your heaviest day or do you, is that your like just... Yeah, so those are like the singles and yeah. like the heavy singles. Because I just got, because I'm doing an SPD day every week now for my prep as well for the first time and come that day, I'm like, because our focus is throughout the week and that SPD day is like practice and yeah. not, not singles. By SPD day, I'm like barely getting through the last set of deadlifts. It's, it ruins me. <laughs> But you're the opposite. You're that's your focus on every week. It's that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, that's like skill acquisition as well for comp. Um, yeah. And have you found that like that SPD day, like for example, in your last competition, did you find? Did you do you think that that benefited you a lot having that practice every week? Um, oh yeah, yeah. It, it it definitely it definitely helped me a lot because and then it like. I kind of timed it like as a competition too. Sometimes I'd be there for six to six and a half hours just so I could be, that's like a regular competition. Usually competitions are six to mm. seven hours. They could be. So it's just, I timed it up like that and I wasn't fatigued at all at my competition. So it's just like, that's, it definitely helped a lot. I've never heard of that before. That's like next level like practice. Cause I just assume <laughs> that you just zoom through it like, I try to get through mine as quick as possible, but that's a huge day in the gym. You obviously bring food. Your your, your gym manager lets you eat in the gym, I assume. So actually, those days I don't eat at all. Like I just, I take one scoop of pre-workout and then one scoop of creatine and I'm just, I just use that for my entire workout and that's it. Don't use food. Don't, I drink Gatorade and stuff, but that's it. That's probably good anyway. Cause like you'll obviously be eating on comp day. So if you're practicing yeah. on, on no food and you can get used to that and then food will probably give you a huge boost. That's crazy though, yeah. man. I would never do that. <laughs> that. That sounds horrible. After seven hours, you must be so hungry. Yeah, yeah. Those days, it was, I was always fatigued. Like, especially if I had a work Sunday. Mm. Oh my, it's, it was terrible waking up the next day. Mm. I bet, man. Um, but seven hours is a long time. And I just grabbed takeaway on the way home. Just smash it. 
Um, I would I'd guess that you were like tracking your macros and stuff. You keep. Uh, I actually, I actually don't do that unless I'm like. So the first time I did that was in right before my competition in November. I had a, I was like six or seven pounds over. Mm. So I had to start. I started. I had to start tracking stuff, but I usually don't do that at all. Okay. So. Did, you, did you find that like? Oh, it's hard to say, obviously, because when you were tracking, you were cutting weight. I was going to ask you, do you find it easier when you like? Does your body feel better when you are tracking? But you were. I I always felt I always felt hungry, mm. uh, and I just didn't like the feeling of like when clothes didn't fit right, like when it was like off my waist. I'm like, I don't like this. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the whole thing with me. Like, I'm my, I'm in a like I'm 110, right? And I'm in the I think for you guys it's like the US. What's the federation with the deadlift bar in in America? Uh, USPA. Yeah, so like I'm in that, but the Australian version. I'm like, and we have we have different categories, so it's like 110, 125, whereas yours yeah. are slightly different. And I'm I'm 110, and I'm not strong enough to be competitive in that class yet so i'll just like i'll weigh in on the day if i'm 110 i'm 110 if i'm over i'm over i think like mm. some people like my whole idea is like obviously you were cutting to be competitive and that's completely fine but like some guys will be coming like eighth cutting for this meat it's like why don't you just be a bit heavier and and you know compete in the weight class above and, and have a bigger total i think people are too yeah. focused on like cutting down it's like, yeah, I always thought about like, I feel like I might get a lot of hate for it, but I feel like the 105, 120 and the 120, I want to say like the 120 plus anymore, but I would say like the, okay, I'm, I'll reword it wrong. So I'd say between the 83 and the 120. So it goes 83, 93, 105, 120. Mm. Uh, I feel like those are the most competitive classes. So, I mean, I just, I've always enjoyed the 105 class because just more and more people are starting to join it and they're just absolute freaks. So it's just like, I, think I don't it's, know. It's definitely like, I know you, I know exactly what you're saying. Like, because for example, in the 74s with Atwood, who yeah. is going to beat him really? Like yeah. maybe what's his name? Michael. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Say or Michael maybe. Shea or something like that. Yeah, or something yeah. like that. Maybe, maybe he'll catch up and beat him. But like, and then obviously in the 83s, you have Sean, Russ, and Brett Gibbs. And then yeah. there's obviously a few more like Alex and Aiden coming up as well, but they're just slightly younger. Um, yeah. I, I literally don't even know if I could name a 93. Uh, Jonathan Keiko. Yeah. He's, oh, he's going yeah. he's, he's to lead that for a long mm. time. I get him and Ashton mixed up. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, I think Ashton uh, for the, the Arnold and... 2020 i believe he was in the 93 kg weight class and he went so, up to 105s after yeah so he's been like i'm pretty sure there was something wrong i think there was he got sick or something but he he usually stays between the 93 and 105 yeah and then obviously the 105s the juniors as far as like i said before i only know of you um sean and grant and then but yeah uh, ashton as well yeah, and there's there's plenty of other guys. I need to look up exactly how they say their names. Yeah, uh, I know one is coached by uh, uh, Joey Flex, um, but yeah, and there's just there's plenty of 105 kg people. And it's, it's it's scary. It's, it's good to see because like most people, obviously 83 is like one of the most popular categories just because of the average height of a lifter. That mm. most people are like five foot ten, or I don't know what the average is, but I don't know what are you like six foot something? Six foot one. Yeah, so um it's it's interesting to see like taller guys lifting big weights as well like we i had brandon striegel on and he's six two and obviously he's got a like you know 800 pound deadlift whatever yeah um, i like the i like obviously because i'm heavier as well but i like the bigger categories too yeah just so you can see more weight being lifted i mean don't get me wrong like when taylor atwood and stuff lifts like tripled his body weight mm-hmm. i mean that's that's insane but I mean, but when you see, like, let's just say, put into example, and Ray Williams, over, I'm pretty sure he's over 400 pounds when he squatted 1,080 raw. That's just, that's like yeah. absurd. That's, just, that's the thing. Like, if you compare that squat, which is only like, what, two point something times his body weight, compared yeah. to 
like Russ squatting, you know, seven hundred, like yeah. over seven hundred. Yeah, it's like yeah. Obviously, the Wilkes is a lot higher, but what's more entertaining to watch? I, I know I'd rather watch Ray squat. Yeah, almost five hundred kilos. What's yeah, the deal? That's... What's the deal with him? Because like I always see he he'll post like once a month on Instagram, and it's like some ten minute video with no weights, like no. He never writes the weights down. What's is he gonna? I don't know if he got injured or something, but I've noticed the same thing that like he, ever since he got disqualified from Worlds, uh, it it's just slowly been going downhill for him. I'm pretty sure he got injured, but he's been slowly building back up. But it just doesn't like look the same. So it's just I, I don't know. Why did he get disqualified from Worlds? He so I'm pretty sure. There's been a lot of conspiracy theories going around, just mm. people saying he was on steroids and then they they had to take him off uh, before. So if he got drug tested, he would come back positive or negative. Uh, so they said that he lost a little strength and weight from that. And then a lot of people are just saying that he got sick from just traveling because it was in Sweden. So, uh, so when he got up there, he lost like 40, 50 pounds. And he opened up at nine nine fifty i think and uh he missed all three attempts so is this last year yeah uh no mm, was it 2019 yeah because 2020 was covid started so yeah it was 2019 i did not know that i the yeah. i just assume because the last time i saw him compete like last time the last video that i've seen was him maybe just missing 490 this must have been a different competition. Maybe it was 2018 where he like almost had, it was super close to 500 kilos. Uh, then it probably was another competition, but yeah. I know he was in, pretty sure it was in Sweden and he missed all three attempts. That's and then he got disqualified. Yeah. I mean, with the steroid thing with him, like it is a 500 kilo squat. Like that's you, that. Yeah. If you compare that, it to, so... if you compare it to Eddie, like Eddie's 500 kilo deadlift, like you could probably yeah. say squatting is harder if you look at if you look at the average person they probably squat less than they deadlift. Mm. Ray isn't the average person, but like, yeah. <laughs> if if Eddie had to take steroids and he was same weight as Ray to pull five hundred, what are the chances that Ray's going to squat this almost the same thing naturally? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm yeah. not going to make a statement, but like, I, I would have to guess that that's what it was. Yeah, there's just been a lot of things going around. I don't think he really touched base on it, but I just heard a couple of different things, but I don't know. He stays pretty quiet. Like he stays off social media a lot. He's probably good. He's for like him. always off the radar when he trains. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like he, he, And he comes in and squats 490 kg. So it's just mm. like. <laughs> People will like do the math in his comment section, like counting up the red plates or whatever <laughs> to see how much it is. <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah. Like people always like, is that 885 pounds? And people are like, no, that's like 950. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I sit there as well and count up the red plates as well. Just, cause, <laughs> just wish you'd put it into caption. <laughs> um, so you've been at the, in the one Oh fives for like two years or so. Is your plan to stay? Because that's a long time to be um, in the same weight class, especially like a young age. Is your plan to stay yeah. in the one Oh fives? Uh, my plan is to say 105, but there is a good chance I could move to the 120s. Yeah, because you, like uh, you're at because you're still young. Like you don't want to. I don't know what your reasoning is. I, I would like to know after, but um, you don't want to put a limit on how much muscle mass you can build. Like there's a lot, yeah. of, a lot of young guys like oh, I'm staying at. They'll be like they'll be like five eleven six foot. Like oh, I'm staying at eighty three. It's like no, move, yeah. move up. You're too tall. Move up. You know, like yeah. I talked to my coach about it. He said that he thinks the 120s would suit me better, but right now I'm just enjoying the 105. So, yeah, I mean, like if I was in your shoes, I would definitely yeah, because you're competitive in the 105s, but then you might be even better with that extra 10, 15 kilo body weight. But obviously, oh yeah, that would you don't, uh, don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to rush in and like get fat, but like yeah, eventually yeah. yeah. That would I would build my total very quickly. Mm. If I had like twenty extra pounds, I'd be squatting a lot more, benching a lot more, squat, mm. probably deadlifting a lot more. Mm. So, yeah, because like you can put a whole lot of muscle onto six one, onto a six one frame. There's a heap of muscle. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
you you put that thing up on your story yesterday. Did you get any interesting um, questions from your followers? I I just got a lot of stupid. I I got a few. There's like there is a question asking if like I do accessories, like what my routine is, like what I've been doing and stuff like that. But I didn't really get that many questions. But mm. well, we'll tell us what's your access. What are your accessories? A six. Yeah, so I I can touch base on that one. The accessories like squat, I keep it simple. Just do like uh, some back down sets. That's mm. just simple, yeah. I guess. And then I'll do uh, leg extensions, um, goblet squats, and then like uh, RDLs, and then that'll be it for that day. And then bench, I'll usually do like um, uh, Larson press. Um, what else do I do? And then like some chest flies and stuff like that. And then weighted pushups, um, deadlifts. I'll do, do, um, pause deadlifts, uh, Romanian deadlifts and stiff leg deadlifts. Mm. So it's just yeah simple things, I guess. And it's been building it. So I feel like people that ask like, um, what are your diet hacks? What are your accessory hacks? Like they just want to hear some big secret but like most of the time it's just exactly what they're doing like those accessories that you just named they're not accessories that no one else is doing they're just simple variations of the top movements like yeah if you ask any top lifter they're probably going to say the same thing unless they're very technical like um i watch um sean noriega's youtube videos the way he executes his accessories is quite a lot different to the like the normal person like he'll do the um, front foot elevated like Bulgarian split squat and he he focuses heaps on like his pelvis like position in different accessories and stuff but yeah the average lifter is just going to be doing exactly the same thing as the next guy on the accessories like because and it's, like, it's how you, it works you, you can't skip accessories like hmm. people just think like oh if I do a single this week next week I get add five pounds and then keep adding five pounds without like doing accessory and it's just like Accessory is just as important as like the main lift. So it's just. And understanding that, like you just said, it's not linear. Like ideally you'd add five pounds every week, but like so you got to, you get to a stage where it's just not going to work that way. You're going to plateau and, and then you're mm-hmm. just going to, you're going to be doing the same weight or even less for like, it could be a month straight. So with your accessories, do you like smash them? Like I know a lot of guys are sort of, they sort of just go through their accessories whereas other guys will talk about how they just go super hard on their accessories. What what approach do you take to it? Yeah, so like I don't I try to push myself with them but it's just like I don't know. I don't, I don't really try like, to smash them. I just try to like to just keep it keep it light and just keep it consistent. I'm like why have your form break down on accessory work and and that's just going to affect your main lift. So it's just like, I don't know. I take, I don't, I don't take my time with them. So I like to pick one. So for example, uh, on my squat day, I'll have RDLs as well. I got go super hard and, you know, to the absolute best that I can with the RDLs. And then the, the last few exercises, I just get a pump or like take it. Cause obviously there's a point where your accessory is going to fatigue your main lift. Yeah. Um, so you have to like pick and choose what you go hard on. But like, I think, it's good to, you want to be, you want to be a few reps from failure, I guess. It depends what it is, but like. Yeah. So like with your leg extensions, you'd be going pretty close to failure, wouldn't you? Yeah. So I, I should have made it more kind of better with it. Like right now, like with legs, I do push them pretty hard because I recover extremely quick when I do a leg day. Like if I do legs Monday, I'll be fully recovered Wednesday. Yep. So and it's just like and then bench uh, i don't really push it that well and i need to start doing that but like and then deadlift i just like i push it like extremely hard like it's just because those are like my two main lifts so if i i just need to really push on those and just keep bench like consistent and like slowly add weight but like the squat and deadlift i I just i push it yeah um so you're not in prep right now you were going to be in the february prep um yeah you're just in like a general volume right now is that what you're doing yeah so actually i'm finishing the block 
so I'm still finishing the block that my coach was doing for February. So I'm just finishing this out. And then I think we're going to move back into volume. Okay. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you is because I haven't had anyone on since the video, you've obviously seen the Candido bench video. You've probably heard all about it on Instagram. And the, 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 the which one? The grip width one. That Sean, he made with Sean, he wanted to bring, they want to bring in the grip width on bench. I think so. Mm. I think so. Oh, I was going to, well, you're, you're a 105, so it wouldn't affect you anyway, but like they spoke about the 83s would bench or the 66 kilo guys would bench with their whole hand inside the ring and it would slowly get wider and wider up until the 105s who could just bench normally like max grip. Okay. Um, yeah. And um, I was going to ask you what you thought, but if you haven't seen it, um, but like, yeah, they were saying, so for example, an 83 kilo lifter would have to bench with their middle finger on the, on the ring. That's as wide as they could go. I was going to ask you what you thought of that. Uh, that's kind of weird. I don't know. It's like the, get... the, the whole idea of it was to bring, they want to bring as coaches, they want to bring new people into the sport. And they said that, um, and especially Sean was saying that arching is like bad for the sport because as an outsider, you look at it and you're like, that looks a bit silly, whatever. Yeah. Obviously you don't have a massive arch because of your, just because of the way your body is. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't, I don't have a, I have a slight arch, but nothing, nothing mm. crazy like his. Is that just cause you can't get your back into that position or, or are you just not comfortable benching like that? That would be very uncomfortable. That would be, mm. that would be very uncomfortable. I suppose with the, um, the bench lower to the ground as well than a comp bench, that'd be even harder. Yeah. Yeah. With long legs. I find like, I, I sort of wish I had shorter legs cause they would fit better under the bench. I find myself like having to make room for big long legs at the end of the bench. I'd like to just tuck them underneath like everybody yeah. else does. Um, another thing, obviously you put conventional, uh, recently you posted on Instagram about a sumo and you came back, you like, um, come back to Instagram and you posted a sumo. That was like a set of 600. Um, is that your first yeah. time doing sumo? Uh, that was actually my second time, but it's just like an accessory work that we had been putting in. And I guess we just kind of want to see which one would feel more comfortable. And yeah, so I was doing like triples at 600 and then I pulled a single at 700 and it was pretty, actually wasn't that bad. It was pretty, it felt pretty good. And, but then I told my coach, I'm like, I, I don't like it. I don't like the way it feels on my knees. I don't, I don't like that stuff. So. Yeah, so there's no no talk about switching to sumo. You're gonna stay with no conventional. No, you know. Um. Well, okay. What's the plan? Like, I know you said you weren't competing this year, but do you have a plan? Obviously, because like you said, Ashton is getting old. He'll not getting old, but like he'll be out of the junior soon. Um. And then there's Sawyer, Sean, and Grant. Like we said before, do you have a plan? to catch up to them that like for example like sean has got like a whatever 300 kilo squad or whatever is there like a yeah. plan in place uh obviously you want to win um, yeah so is there so a so with this next block my coach and i are going to be focusing really on squat because i have a potential for a massive squat i just i haven't found the right placement for my feet uh i need to stop like I don't think it's like the sinking so low, you but it's just like, I need, yeah, I, I need to stop going ass the grass. So it's just, mm. it, it's just, I, I need to find the right position. And then a lot of the times when I squat, I have a lot of like SI joint problems. So it's just like, you have to, I have to deal with that. And then I don't know, like bench were, bench were tight. Oh no, he had a new PR, but bench were pretty close and I still beat. I still beat everyone except for uh, um, Sawyer and deadlift. So I don't know. Mm. I, I think once I can get my squat figured out, everyone's going to be like in trouble. Mm, definitely. Um, Cause you, you, what do you bench? Like one, I don't know the KG. Is it like 170? Uh, I bent the most I hit was 386. So it's probably right in there. It's like 165, yeah. 175. Oh, something okay. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, yeah, I saw Sawyer hit a bench single like pretty high RP of like 
165, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, your squat, like you squat super deep. I'll try to put a clip up on the screen of it. Um, and you had like that thing with your, I think we spoke about it before, your elbows. They like flick back a little bit in the bottom. Yeah. What was that from? I don't, I don't know. When I just, when I squat and I hit the bottom, my elbows do something weird and I, mm. I don't even notice it until I watch the video. <laughs> it looks funny, man. It, like, it's like you're trying to like fly up out of the hole. <laughs> Oh, man. I guess at the same time when, because my hands go up pretty wide, I think it's just like driving. Just, mm. I guess that could that could be bad because I'm falling forward, but I'm just driving everything back, and it's just my elbow shooting back. I don't mm. know. Mm. I, like I said, I don't even notice it until I watch the video. And with the problem with like squatting too deep, obviously most people have the opposite problem. I guess it's a good one to have. Um, what about like a maybe a wider stance so it's slightly harder for you to get to depth? Is that something that you'd maybe try? Yeah, so that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna be like going wider when I squat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then obviously that makes it harder. You won't squat as deep. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, what about one of the questions I I got on when I put up the little poll for you was like lifters that you look up to. Obviously, you're obviously super strong. So there's the the quality of lifter that you look up to is higher than the average person but like is there is there a certain person or group of people that inspires you so i i love watching ray williams i've i've always watched him love like love watching him lift and then it's just like and then i started watching like russell or and stuff like that with like his youtube videos and i don't and, and i really look up to like ashton for like my weight class but other than that, it's just like I kind of just like want to focus on myself and then like have maybe someday have people look up to me. So it's just like there definitely I don't would, know. There definitely is people that look up to you, dude. Like if you think about, for example, like rising lifters, they've they've got that's got like ten thousand or whatever followers, and that's because like people like you get posted, and, and there's obviously like the average person, the average powerlifter has not as strong as you. There's yeah. definitely people on there that would look up to you and that sort of thing. I think like, like that seems very humble of you to think that, but there definitely would be. Um, yeah, like if you think about rising lifters, like um, Alex, I had Alex and Aiden on here. They're both super humble. I think like the reason they have so many followers, and same with you, like thousands of people, is because most people following you is going to be, I don't want to say mean, but like weaker than you, and it's. Yeah. it's oh shit <laughs> it's good to um almost lost it there it's good like i I enjoy watching your stuff uh, i'm not as strong as you um yeah i think it's good to have that humble approach but yeah people definitely because yeah, it's just it's just always ground to improve on and mm. i mean this is like the only the beginning stages so i can't wait to see where i'm at in 10 years 11 years so it's just yeah. like i've I, i've hit these high numbers but it's just like in my head i'm like this isn't high enough yet. Like I don't, mm. I don't feel like I feel accomplished, but at the same time, you kind of don't. Cause mm. just like, okay, I hit seven sixty five and deadlift. It's time for eight hundred. So, do you have like so a I lifetime hit, goal? Yeah. So I, I want to pull over a thousand pounds someday, mm. uh, on a stiff bar. Mm. We'll see. Mm. Uh, and then I want to squat. I don't know because I, I love squatting raw because I, I feel like that's what shows your strength the most. Um, so I, I've I've always wanted to squat over a thousand pounds, but if I stay raw, I'd like to like do over like eight hundred and stuff. And then bench, I I don't really have a goal for bench. It's just a lift that mm. it's just there. <laughs> um, five hundred maybe. I don't want to. Yeah. Under, yeah. Just it obviously makes it harder with your long arms. Yeah. Um, and with the five hundred. Uh, sorry, a thousand pounds is what four hundred fifty kilos. I think it something is. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you now? Obviously, that's a huge stiff bar deadlift. And is the plan for you to stay natural? Like, if you're gonna, if you get to a point where you're like, okay, I don't think I'll deadlift four fifty naturally. Like, this is just hypothetically because you are a great deadlifter, so you might be able to. Let's say the squat. Yeah. Hypothetically, I, I've reached my like natural potential then do you, would you consider going untested for for the, to hit those goals as of right now i want to stay natural because yep. 
my deadlift is slowly building. I'm 20 years old and I'm closing in on 800 pounds already. So mm. it's just like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand pounds is a push, but I mean, if you look at it, it's only 200 pounds to go. So, I mean, it's just like, it's slowly climbing. So, well, I, oh yeah, that's actually true. Like you're at what? 350 kilos. I'm, I'll try to put the conversions up on the screen. Um, yeah. So that's only like another hundred, like a hundred kilos is a lot of weight, obviously. But when you think about it, you're only 20, that's probably like 10 years to your peak. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Probably do that naturally. Yeah. And I mean, that that's a push. That's a push for a stiff bar deadlift, but, mm. but I mean, I don't think it's anything possible, I guess. Yeah. I don't think it's any less impressive on the deadlift bar. It's obviously harder on the stiff bar, but yeah. A thousand pounds is a thousand pounds. Yeah. Yep. At the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then obviously like your goal would be winning the one Oh fives eventually. Yeah. Hopefully be like the King, like on top of everything. Do you want to do that? Like as a junior or are you just focus? Like as long as I win the one Oh fives, I don't care how old I am. Uh, I feel like it'd be more impressive, like in the open just so, cause that's what everyone looks at. Yeah. And I mean, I mean the teen stuff, people don't really look at juniors. You're slowly climbing. You're, getting pretty damn strong but like once you enter the open that's when like everyone starts watching you and that's when you get like the prime time stuff and mm. i feel well, like just... um like as a teenager because i'm 18 i feel like the most impressive lifters are teenagers just because i don't know maybe that's because i'm being naive but like to me my favorite thing is watching other teenagers but i guess if the the average powerlifter is in their 20s late 20s whatever then yeah. Yeah, opens is probably the place to be. And like, obviously then as a junior, people sort of discount you cause you're like, Oh, they've still got growing to do whatever. Or they're just like yeah. maxing out all the time, I guess. Yeah. Opens is when it, it becomes more serious to other people. Yeah. Mm. And just to go back, I, I, I was going to put a point on it, but I just, I thought about it again. When I had my first competition in 2018, I actually pulled 600 pounds for the first time with a herniated disc. Really? Yeah. <laughs> How on my second, on my, second, on my second attempt, I herniated my disc oh, and I made my belt even tighter. And then I threw on another 20 pounds and I pulled 600 with the herniated disc. Fuck. Man, what were the repercussions of that? Just bed rest. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was hard to go to the bathroom. It was hard to do anything. I couldn't yeah. even get my shoes on. Was that, did you just get unlucky with it or was it, did you have bad form at the time? Uh, no, actually, my second attempt was good form. I I was halfway up to my knees and I felt something pop in my back and I was, and it was just instant pain. And I'm like, uh oh. Mm. So I kept, my, I kept my belt on. I went into the back room. I cracked my back as best as I could. I made my belt even tighter and I said, all right, I, if I, then I smelled a bunch of ammonia and then I pulled 600. That's, that is some Viking attitude right there. Crazy. <laughs> going, going back with a herniated disc. How long did that take to recover from? Oh my. Carlos, we were friends at the time, right? It was like, it was a couple of months. It was, it was a couple of months. Far out. Yeah. Jesus. Couple of months. And then do you still have like, do you still have to watch? Because I know, like when you have when you injure something, it's obviously easier to re-injure it. Do you still have to keep an eye on that disc or no? No, uh, my back feels it's stronger and better than ever. People like always make fun of my deadlift. I'm like, oh, you have a cat back. I'm like, no. If you watch it, my upper back curves. Mm -hmm. My lower back doesn't. My upper back does, which is completely fine. So it's just, it's just right now the way I'm deadlifting. Uh, I, I hope in the future I don't get injured, but I haven't had to look at that stuff for a while. So do people actually make fun of you? Yeah. Oh, all the time in my form, they're like, Oh, you have a cat back or like stay away from the needles or like stuff like that. I'm like, okay. So you get steroid <laughs> accusations already all the time. Even like in high school, they'd be like, be like, Hey, steroid boy. Or like, mm -hmm. like, and then like people leave comments like, like, Oh, stay away from the steroids. And it's just like, I think people either they're butthurt mm. or they're just like, they just automatically think like when someone can lift more than you, you're on steroids, mm. especially at my age. They're like, there's no way you can be lifting more than like a 30 year old. And it's just like, I am though. Yeah. <laughs> so just... Even like for me, 
my friends from school, not even friends, like people from school, they would ask me and because the like people who don't live, they don't have any concept of like how much things weigh. So like, yeah. oh, 200 kilo deadlift, you must be on steroids, you know? Like it's just anything to them is like steroids. But you actually get comments from lifters on your page and you... Yeah, oh yeah, some, yeah. And then on, um, which one was it? I think I get posted on King of the Lifts and um powerlifting motivation and a couple of people said stay away from the needles i'm like mm. okay well that's a compliment to you anyway <laughs> yeah. what, what happens in like a few years when you have like another 50 kilos on your total and every, what are they going to say then <laughs> same like thing i'm gonna probably hear this till i stop powerlifting and you compete tested as well i know i know you can pass a drug test if you're taking but like you got to assume that oh, anyone yeah. if you're going to compete tested you're gonna you know yeah you, so and, i I, I work for the, I, I also work for the government now and it's just like, um, it's just, I can get drug tested at any time there. I get drug tested anytime for my federation. So it's just like, I, it just be a risk I don't want to take. So, well, there you go. That's even, even more proof that you're natural working for the, for the government. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, what about your, we spoke about like not competing or whatever this year. Are there other goals like total wise or are you coaching anyone this year or so i'm actually gonna start once i get into my new place uh i'm actually gonna start coaching um but other than that i just i want to pull 800 by the end of maybe by the end of march i don't know yeah uh, i think now i said 765 so i think my next pr i want it to be between 780 and 800 so, I, and then like the other ones, the squat and bench, we're going to be focusing on it, but I mainly want to get to my deadlift like 800. So it's just like, I'm going to start coaching, deadlifting a lot more and yeah, just really focusing on like recovering and healing every muscle I need to. And Are you moving out for college? No, uh, I'm actually moving out of my place and moving in with my friend. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, it's um, like an apartment. So is coaching something that you want to keep doing or is it sort of, because like you said, you work for the government. Um, is is the goal to eventually just be a coach or are you going down some other path? So I don't want it to be a full-time job because that's not guaranteed. People can leave you mm. uh, and they're just like, I don't want to be coached by you. So it's just like, uh, see, it's just different because like, I could be in a position like Joey Flex. Like, he has so many lifters, he doesn't have to worry about it. So, if he loses one or two, he loses one or two. But, like, mm. like I, I just don't want to make it a full-time co- job because I just want to keep working, investing, and then coaching on the side because that's just going to be – like, coaching on the side is just going to be extra money. So, yeah. it's just – Yeah. I mean, that's not – that that come out so wrong. It's not going to be, like, the only <laughs> – it's not going to be the only reason I do it because I want to yeah. help people out. Yeah. And, stuff like that but it's just give me side money to add to investing and stuff like that arthur if, guys if arthur offers you coaching he just wants your money don't <laughs> hire him <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be terrible programming <laughs> yeah no he's just gonna he's not even gonna reply to you he just wants your money <laughs> no that's cool man and um i think it's like with the setting goals thing you got to find the happy medium between um pushing yourself all the time but also not getting too like caught up in because if you set goals like every few months and you don't get them over time i think it's sort of draining like like for example with me i set a goal for the end of the year so there's a certain total that i want in december if i don't get it i don't get it i worked as hard as i could you know like that's why i don't that's why i don't pick a certain date because i just i take what's there Mm. like if 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 my final warm-up on deadlift is 770 and it flies i'm putting 800 on so it's Mm. just like it's just I take whatever's there. Yeah, and I think like you can't, for example, like you're moving houses right now. That might affect your training, whatever. You can't mm. really, you can't really make room for these unexpected like things in your life that are going to come in the way. Like ideally, yeah, ideally I'll hit my total. It's it's reasonable. Like, um, it's another. I'm trying to do the math. Um, it's like another sixty kilos on my total or whatever. And for me, cause I'm only sort of, I've only been powerlifting for like a year. That's like yeah. re- reasonable, like not newbie gains, but, um, and yeah, like if I don't, if I don't get it because of uni or whatever, like that's fine. As long as I'm, you know, I think people who get upset about their goals are like, 
not trying as hard as they could. Because if you're trying as hard as you can and you don't get your goals, then you know maybe you set them too high or, you know, but you gave it everything and, you could have. And a lot of things can play in a part like that, like not eating the right things. Your sleep is terrible. Uh, you're just – you're stressed because just like the outside things take effect into the gym. So it's just – yeah, I feel like that's most powerlifters anyway. Most like teen powerlifters, um, not eating and like they make jokes about like, oh, I should, you know, I didn't eat anything today. It's like, why? And there's some days that maybe you like eat a sandwich and like you go into the gym and maybe you do get a new PR, but that's just like you can't constantly mm. just keep doing that because your body has to feed off of something. So yeah, it'd be like some post like, oh, new PR, and you got like two hours sleep last night. It's like, yeah, yeah I, sometimes that happens. So it's just, yeah, people get like, that'll happen to someone and then they get a big head and they're like, oh, I can keep doing this and not, but eventually like you'll hurt yourself or you're going to start regressing. You've got to stay on top of those things. Like maybe you yeah. don't, maybe you don't track macros, but maybe you track for a week and get a good idea of what you need to eat. And then you just eat that sort of thing, you know, like. Um, I had time off tracking over Christmas just for like mental health. Not that it affects me that much, but I just wanted to relax for the holiday. But like, yeah. I, I was probably hitting my macros anyway, just because I know what it feels like to hit macros. Like I can sort of do the math in my head. Maybe, maybe if you don't want to track macros all year, you, you track it for a few days and then yeah. continue that same pattern. Yeah. That's good. Um, we're coming up on like an hour, dude. Uh, I don't know if you have somewhere to be. Have you trained tonight? No, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Um, is there any questions that you got on your Instagram that you wanted to answer to, other than that one we spoke about before? Uh, there was, and then there was another one about like routine and stuff, just like, like what I do for my routine, like supplements, stuff like that. So it's just supplements. I keep it, I keep it simple. Uh, I take a pre, uh, some creatine with it. And a post-workout. And the, the pre-workout I take is uh, Woke AF Black. It's like this new brand that just – or not new brand, but a new product that just came out. Um, and then I take Creatine Monohydrate 5000. So it's just – I just add a scoop in with my pre-workout. And then after, I'll take two scoops of post-workout, and I take Promacil. And it's just one of the cleanest pro uh, post-workouts I've ever taken. So I, I just keep it simple and rely on food. Mm. Um and then just like, like with my routine of like lifting and stuff, it's just, I I've been doing, I rarely miss a day. Like if I do Monday through Thursday, I'm not going to skip any of those days. I, some days I'm exhausted. I'm like, why do we even go to the gym? But then I just have to remember like, this could benefit me later on. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's just like keeping consistent. Like, don't like, don't like go a full week of working out and then next week you take like four days off and you work three days or mm. yeah then you work out three days it's just you got to keep it consistent mm. and if you're really serious about lifting find a coach it's very hard to getting into lifting without a coach so it's just mm. i don't know yeah i'll get dms and it's like how do you how did you get such a big bench like i get a comment on a video or whatever like um it's like I didn't miss a session last year. I trained five days five days a week every single week of the year last year. I didn't miss a single session. Um, I didn't skip any top sets. Like it's not rocket science. Like if your coach is giving you this, blah blah blah, you just do it. Like as long as you yeah. trust your coach, you know. Like I trust my coach blindly, so I'll just follow anything he says. Like it's not, it's not. You know, anyone can do it. It's like people will look at other people and they're like, Oh, I'll never get there. It's like, they doing the same thing as you probably. They may be just working yep. a bit, maybe just working a bit harder than you. Like I had a, um, I had a SBD day yesterday, uh, two days ago and I, I felt so sick, like just running nose, whatever, all of it. And it's like, you still have to go and do it. Like, I'm not yep. just gonna, I don't know about with you, like when you get sick or whatever, but like, I'm still going to go cause I have a home gym so I can get sick and I'm not going to go affect anybody in the home gym. But like, right. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, if I feel like crap or if I'm tired or like I have really bad allergies and if I'm feeling like crap, I'll, I'll still go. I just gotta, I'm going to feel like crap. Yeah. But it's just, you got to put the work in and you got to do. Yeah. If you want to get to that top, top um tier, you have to, you have to put it in or put in the work all year. I know some guys like, 
obviously some th- stuff happens with some people and you have to miss the gym. But like, I thought yeah. at, the end, at the end of last year, I thought, well, I actually did not miss a session this whole year. I was like super happy with myself, like even with being sick or whatever work. But yeah, I know some people have busier lives than me then they have to miss a session, but not, yeah, not everyone has that like free time every single day, but if you make time for it, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess the main question that people want to know about you, I guess is the deadlift and we spoke about it already, but like, and I, I don't even want to ask the question cause I know the answer. What's the secret to the deadlift? The huge, <laughs> I know the answer is just same as everyone else, but like, I'll ask you anyway. Uh, so it's just, so uh, this is gonna be a long answer, mm-hmm. but, and it's going to sound cheesy, but whatever. It's just, I found what helps me. It's just like, like usually like right before a big deadlift, I'll, I'll just put my headphones on. I'm usually wearing a hat. So I'll just cover my eyes. And then usually I'll just like, listen to like, listen to music and just like tune out everything, like forget everything. And then when I walk up to the bar, I don't even look at the weight. I, I know it's going to be like 750 pounds, but I don't even look at it. I just do what I normally did with like 135. So I just, I do that. And then I always like, I always think, like, I always think about my dad right before I lift, like pull something extremely heavy. So it's just, I, I use all those things and it just, it feels so much anger and it's just, mm. it just helps. I just, I find just, I find so much anger and just everything going on. And it's just, I don't know. You just channel it. Yeah. Mm. And it, it, it's just, it's mainly been my dad that's just like been fueling like everything so it's just i don't know it's just deadlifts i i always think about like right before i pull it's like always think about my dad so it's just Mm. just how it is yeah and i suppose um most people be able to find that something in their life that's like so for example if you're super stressed about like your job or your education whatever like sort of channel that that's what you're saying like you found your own thing but yeah you just you need to find something that either makes you extremely mad think about like an ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend or something like that think about something they did wrong or think about Mm. something you did wrong and let that like anger you and just uh, and so people know like my dad passed away last year two years ago and so it's just like it shows always like what would like like I act like he's standing in front of me. Like it just, it helps me like focus like in the moment. And like, sometimes it helps me with the lift. So it, it's just, you got to find small things. Like if you don't like people, then think about people and pull. So, or squat or whatever. And, or if you, if you have like, what I used to do is like right before competition, I'd be like, I'd be like in my head, I'm like, I, like I think this is a final like final pull of the competition. If I don't pull this, I lose. But if I pull it, I win. And that a lot of the times that's what I do. Still, like mm-hmm. I think it's like my final pull. And if I don't pull it, then I lose. So it's just I don't know. First of all, I'm super sorry to hear that about your dad, man. I did see, I did know that, but I just forgot. Um, the another thing was like people will see, like, for example, Isaac Whistler, like how hyped up he gets and how loud and shit he gets people think it's like a joke. Like if you're angry enough or if you're driven enough that like he says, he doesn't even, he doesn't even mean to do it. It just like happens. People look at it and think it's silly. Like, yeah, if you've, if you've been hyped up enough for a lift, I've only gotten that hyped a couple of times, but it just like comes out. You're not really putting on a show for anyone. It's sort of just, you go to that place and, and that's what, yeah, I'll just, I'll throw my music on, listen, like some, sometimes heavy metal and I will scream like, Mm -hmm. Like if you scream, like get like an angry scream, not like a, ah, like no, like an angry, <laughs> like, a, like an angry scream, and mm. you smell your ammonia or do what you have to do. Yeah, like it, it helps. And if you find a song that you know the lyrics to, then like Lincoln Park, like mm. most of his songs are screamo, and and most of the times I'll scream most of those lyrics. So it's just like mm. I don't know. There's that link. You just got you, got you got to make yourself angry. You mm. can't just walk up to the bar like it's a normal thing. There's that Lincoln Park. I think it's Kanye as well. I want to find it. The remix. Um. Hang on, Lincoln Park. 
So I have one of these songs in my playlist and I want to... Linkin Park, Kanye. Oh, maybe not. Some stupid remix anyway. I, um, I'm not, I don't listen to heap of his stuff. Yeah, I listen... A lot of... One of the songs I listen to is uh, a couple of songs by him are, are called like Victimized and Bleed It Out. And like some of his, his older stuff. So it's just mm. like... I don't know. It's just... Mm. Most of the times I'll just listen to rap though. Mm. But if yeah. I'm like feeling angry that day, oh, it's gonna be a lot of heavy metal. Mm. Yeah, it seems heavy metal seems to be like a big thing with powerlifters and shit. I just can't. I don't know. I just can't listen to it. I don't know why. It's just not my type of music. It's fine if everyone else likes it, but I just I don't know. I just listen to like, um, obviously like the UK has like drill and whatever, and in Australia we have like drill as well. But it's Aussie drill, obviously. Uh, I just listen to that stuff, like sort of rap as well. Yeah, and I listen to like, uh, if I don't feel like, and then I listen to like Marilyn Manson. Uh, and then sometimes I listen to Eminem, The Baby, Tupac. Mm. Like it's just, I, I just, it just varies on how I'm feeling that day. So. Yeah, you have to like adapt. Like if I sometimes I come to the gym and I'm not feeling, <clears throat> it's not a heavy session, so I, I don't waste all my energy. Like I don't throw on like hype music. I sort of just chill and save it for the next session as well. I think people would understand you can't do that set like five sessions a week. You have to like save it on the easier, easier sessions, save that hype yeah. up, at least for me. Um, oh yeah. And then, ch and then really channel it on your heavy days. Yeah. If you, if you have a day that you're benching 225 for mm. three sets of four and your max is like 400, you shouldn't be listening to heavy metal. Yeah. Okay. You can listen to heavy metal and stuff, whatever you want to do. But, like, you shouldn't be, like, smelling ammonia, like, screaming mm. at yourself. I mean, just because then you just, you're exerting so much energy for something that's going to be so light. It's, like, I don't even listen to, like, I have a PR song, Black Skinhead by Kanye. I don't even listen to that song unless I'm PRing. If it comes on, I'll skip it. Because I need to save that, like, <laughs> that, like, adrenaline from hearing it for another session. Yeah. Mm. All right, man. Well, I've got, I've got uni to do, unfortunately um it's been super fun having you on thanks for coming yeah. on man. um thank you for having me no you're Appreciate right man i'll have you back on anytime uh i'm sure everyone will be excited to know the secret to the deadlift i'm gonna tease i'm gonna tease it in the in the one of the posts about the episode i'll tease that you've revealed some huge secret and then really <laughs> it will just be don't be a bitch and just do the work <laughs> that's what i mean that's yeah. that's why i didn't want to ask you the question because i know the answer is just work hard recover eat yeah music it's whatever find something that just makes you mad there's mm. there's people say i don't find anything that makes me mad there's something that yeah. makes there's always something mad. yeah just think so, about like that one thing that's making you unhappy during the week and just like whatever it, whatever it, it is it's like your chip on your shoulder and, and then mm. if you hit that then it's, you're gonna brush it off your shoulder so everyone's everyone's got an ex-girlfriend everyone can think about that like whatever whatever it is for your thing but yeah yep Oh, well, thanks, yeah. people, man. Appreciate it, man. And I'll um I'll message you later. I'll probably put this episode up. What is it, Monday? I'll probably put it up on Wednesday, and I'll 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 tag you whatever. Thanks for coming on. Definitely, man. Thank you. Awesome. Cheers, man. See ya.